0: Welcome to BioNexus, the first ever podcast to catch opinions from teenagers living in Budapest and where stories about science, technology, and entrepreneurship are delivered straight to your front door. Hey everybody, my name is Victor Barty, the current host of our BioNexus podcast series. This is episode 3 and today we're going to talk about a Scientific American article which claims that physicists have created city-sized ultra-secure quantum networks capable of connecting eight or more users across distances of over 17 kilometers as a milestone to develop a fully quantum internet. Now, going into a little bit of background about quantum cryptography just alone here, quantum cryptography promises a future in which computers communicate with one another over ultra-secure links using the razzle-dazzle of quantum physics. But scaling up the breakthroughs in research labs to networks with a large number of nodes has obviously proved to be difficult, with many international researchers who have built a scalable citywide quantum network share key facts to encrypting messages in this Scientific American article. And It is important to discover um, this ultra-secure quantum network as a means to fully develop a better and hyper-speedified uh, and hasted internet in one sense. Now, today I don't have anybody to talk with, so I'm just going to run the series today by myself. So the episode is just going to focus on the sort of advances in this study, some research findings I have found, and rather just sustaining a long um, conversation on the one hand with myself, but also presen- presenting the audience with a scalable um scalable idea about this whole quantum network and what it really is. So getting right into it. um, Obviously now, quantum networks can grow in size without incurring any unreasonable escalation in the cost of expenses of hardware. And the system doesn't require any external party to be trustworthy as it is just in itself internal with whoever develops it so thus by reviewing it removes um, any security sapping weak leaks because in reality it's physical now Siddharth Kaduru Joshi of the University of Bristol says that in their laboratory they have been developing fibers across the city of Bristol and he and his colleagues have demonstrated that ideas using a quantum network with eight nodes in which most distant nodes were 17 kilometers apart, proving to be a very substantial development in this quantum network, in which the team's findings appeared in many magazines on September the 2nd of this year. And it's not just the University of Bristol that has been developing into and getting into quantum networks, but also many companies and startups as well. Um. So, just talking about a little bit of background of quantum cryptography, it mainly involves using the laws of quantum physics to create a private key for encoding and decoding messages, a process called quantum key distribution, or KQD. It is most often used, um, on the one hand, to send quantum bits, qubits, to to one party, A, and the other party, B. Um, Basically, the qubit is a particle in a quantum superposition of two states. And so if the B party chooses a random set of measurements of a particle and chooses it correctly as a type of a measurement, that B party will know systematically the value of the A party encoded with a qubit. Obviously, after a sequence of measurements of such qubits, A and B, may publicly intertwine and link um, networks in one sense and exchange notes and to agree to result of certain subsets of B's measurements and be able to inter-exchange data in that sense. Crucially, the results are not public, so the cybersecurity question doesn't really come in play here. And both A party and B party use key private or private keys to encrypt and decrypt messages to send over a public link. But obviously, I guess the main question that comes into mind with here, both with, with listeners and myself, is that this method is kind of hard to, to, to have on a large scale, especially if we were to have this on a city-sized scale. So researchers have been trying to address this question as well for The past decade of this quantum network because if everybody's sending quantum messages in qubits left and right then there's no real alternative and hastening process if we look at a scalable city size of 2 million people and let's say around a quarter of them have access to this quantum network it's an impeccable amount of energy to, to one source that quantum network and on the other hand also fund it from it's under and keep the cryptography safe and it's unconditional security as well. So to avoid having to, I guess you have that little mushroom cost and complexity of the entire uh, quantum network. Party A and party B use pairs of entangled photons to create a private key, which means that these entangled photons aren't actually, they're physical particles, but they aren't, they aren't really tangible tangible resources, and they won't sense that cost actually that much. Given one photon from such a pair of um, private keys that are not obviously tangible keys, party A can randomly perform certain a certain set of measurements and send it to party B while simultaneously publicly sharing those sequence of measurements um, to paired particles, meaning that the publicly sharing isn't actually publicly sharing, but publicly sharing is a rather figurative term to sense the fact that there's many um, intertwinings of, um, I guess, discal pathways for the private key. And instead of building a network in which each eight nodes that I've originally mentioned in the intro is physically connected to all other nodes, the researchers, or obviously the previous researchers I've mentioned, as in the University of Bristol and another um, from the Institute of Quantum Optics and Quantum Information in Vienna, um, who goes by the name Sebastian Newman, um have created. A central source that sends entangled photons to the eight nodes named, let's say, that party A, party B, party C, party F going on. Um, let's call them Alice, Bob, Chloe, Dave, Feng, Gopi, Heidi, and Ivan, excluding the E just because of mathematical reasons. And each node, every single name, is only connected via a single optic fiber linking to one source, meaning that those eight links are far less than would be required uh, with the with the exact number of qubits, meaning that one node contains um, around, I think it was around th- like three and a half, three and a half qubits, which would mean that, obviously that's, if we create those eight links, that's far less than three and a half times eight, uh, which would entitle that it's far less than 28 that would be required for that traditional uh, quantum cryptography method and a quantum key distribution. So even though the nodes are not physically connected, as I said, that there's no real reason to fund those resources, the protocol that the researchers have developed have established a virtual link between each pair via magic of quantum entanglement, such that each pair can create their own private key instead of sharing a private key. Now, the whole point and the whole science, I guess, behind the central source has been called a non crystal that spits out a pair of photons that are entangled in their polarization. These photons have a wavelength, um, according to this article, of roughly about one thousand five hundred nanometers, plus or minus a few, a obviously a few tens of nanometers, and for more to look for and find one of the photons that say fifteen sixty nanometers, the law of conservation of energy dictates that its entangled partner would thereby have a wavelength of fifteen forty nanometers, sort of bringing in the idea of elementary mathematics of the interquartile range and oh, and utilizing maximum and minimums obviously this is one narrow wavelength channel and it's not we can't you can't sustain that with having one channel for several photons passing through at a time because otherwise then if we split up the wavelengths then we have many entangled pairs in that one channel on either side and that qubit or the message from A to B or party A to B, let's say Alice and Bob, will not be sent out um, that efficiently. And trying to split that up, obviously the wavelengths of the the fifteen 1550 15 nanometers of those pairs into, let's say, about 15 or 30 channels, in my opinion, on either side, would probably get them. Equidistant to about let's say so. If you have so, if you have around 15 to 30 channels, then obviously you could get each of those parties into pairs of those channels, number them on one side with the upper scale and lower scale. And it'll probably make sense that if you find a single pair in a channel, then that qubit. Will be able to send through that quantum channel, meaning that the message will be sent from party A to B efficiently. Whereas if you only have one channel, and then splitting up those pairs into those into those um, frequent channels, then there's no real point concerning the fact that the message won't be sent if all of those photons get clustered up in there. So, scale like scaling up this process specifically um seems a bit distant now because obviously creating this network is really not that simple considering the fact that if we want to have a large scale quantum quantum network in this sense, then thinking on a scale, as we said previously, about one like two million individuals pairing them up, obviously divide them by two and then yeah, having a bunch of different parties to the one scale, let's say two hundred thousand, you're still going to have around thousands of channels running through um, of the quantum network, and obviously accounting for the fact that those photons, if paired into one channel, like multiple pairs in one channel, then it's in no way is it a like a feasible and multiplexing scheme in one sense, and additionally even more worrying is that if it goes bad or any there's any fault in the quantum network and there is even bigger um, consequences after than before the additional hardware required that um, for the increase in the number of nodes and may like f- basically a major improvement compared with earlier techniques uh, means that any pair of the node or the the photons can establish a secure link to create an unbreakable quantum key once it passes through those channels efficiently, which can be used to encode and decode messages. The future large-scale quantum networks will have to solve at least two major problems. Um, Firstly, it's that they must remain interconnected um, within quite a sizable number of users thinking on that large scale. And secondly, such networks have to span vast intercontinental and intercontinental distances, something that requires using either quantum um, repeaters to extend a range over over which one can distribute quantum states or satellites to beam down um, particles to nodes to photons and have those channels. But realistically right now, this idea is not that feasible. And perfectly speaking, Ronald Hansen of Delft University he very well claims that there's a limited range of this quantum carrying capacity in the quantum um, the, the the quantum key distribution theory um, without repeaters so to say owing to the fact that Originally, and if this is the actual intent of the quantum network, meaning that it would have to span many continents, and in that sense, there's no point if if there's a limited range that KQD um, or K uh, QKD, excuse me, then without those repeaters, this is a very pre- like a challenging issue to solve. Probably not even a war of getting into, um, and to increase the range. There are only really a couple of options which researchers lay out, which would be using satellites to carry a central source of entangled photons, um, basically space compatible, except that that method is in it, once it's not reliable really because you'd have to have another satellite just for a central source, central um, compatible source for entangled photons, and. These are basically what researchers are trying to solve nowadays with quantum networks as the theory of quantum network itself um, hasn't been around for, well, substantially that long. Um, And obviously, you're attempting to use quantum processors and quantum computers to perform quantum logic by sending those qubits obviously sending those entangled photons, getting them through the channels, and also being able to sizably create that um, is an important element to the development of the breakthrough in um, quantum communication. Because if we would have quantum communication, a secure multi-user quantum communication network, then encrypting messages and decrypting messages would be faster than any time we've seen before, um, and I think many multinationals like Microsoft, um, such as Microsoft, um, many, even Solar City, or, or as I read read in or as reads an article, um, Apple have looked into it as well. With um, if, if we were to get these multi-user quantum communication networks, then it, then there would be a question of um, commercialization as well. Um, and I think these are some really important questions um, to note. And as see summing it up here, the fact that we were even able to think of a city-sized ultra, ultra-secure quantum network is a pretty substantial advancement in, in science and technology. And these researchers such as Ronald Hansen the um the researcher from the institute of quantum optics in vienna named sebastian newman and obviously the the uh the quantum physicists from you know, the university of Bristol, siddharth um Kodoru yoshi have all been working very hard with their teams to put more distance to those nodes and those parties far above seventeen kilometers, but for now that even that seventeen kilometer distance is pretty substantial. And it's a demonstration of a huge milestone towards the development of a fully quantum internet. Meaning that probably by the end of the next decade, we'll be able to see a high a hyper speed of internet connections on the one hand. And on the other, um perhaps even a light speed or a sound speed of messaging services. Um, Obviously, most likely not on our um, disposable technology, but rather in one way or another, utilizing quantum hardware. Thank you everybody for listening into this um, episode of BioNexus. Um, Sorry if it may have seen a bit boring, considering considering that I am along, But I actually quite enjoyed looking into the aspects of quantum networking and how that works, um, and sort of how those entangled particles um, and the the entangled photons may be highly distributed um, into those quantum quantum channels by increasing the quantum key distribution of their of their values and being able to outsource their those um the that um con- compatibility they may have with inter intercontinental distances um something that requires using quantum repeaters which hasn't been um feasible at the moment but has been a a great goal to stay interconnected on an arbitrarily large number of users looking into the development of quantum physics and utilizing the laws of classical physics uh, um, as well so with that i wanted to leave everybody with one with one final note um, explaining that maybe this is the future and yoshi the university yoshi the researcher from the university of bristol puts it in one way that we have to make these quantum networks robust enough to be able to use them and in quote he says that by the end of the decade we may see huge developments in quantum theory and maybe be able to source um, space, compa- space compatibility with such entangled photons. Thank you, everybody, and see you on the next episode of BioNexus.